Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about where America stands. A lot to tell you there. Globalists march on Samantha Power and George Soros. Trump versus DeSantis grooming the next president. Project Veritas. Okay, we lost our signal there. Why Project Veritas and James O'Keefe ousted. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. And hello again, and welcome to America Can We Talk, and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis, doing the show from our home studio. Had a little glitz there a moment ago. We are back on track. So in this first segment, the First Five today, uh, I called it Where America Stands. So I want to tell you first that I'm going to be telling you over the next week or so about a conference I went to over this past weekend. Small group of people, incredible consequential speakers and lots of insights about what America, where we stand in America today. I'll say the good news report is there are literally thousands and thousands and thousands of Americans who are dedicated to one particular aspect of preserving this precious country. People who are, who are just dedicated uh, without question uh, to the whole idea of preserving um, the institution of fair elections and having elections have consequences and having elections follow the laws and exposing when uh, there are bad election practices that really deprive of us, our rights, us of our rights. People dedicated to the pro-life cause, people dedicated to, the, to education and keeping education dedicated to actual education and not something else. I really was so impressed by kind of the American spirit that I saw at this conference over the weekend. But I also recognized, and what I want to kind of focus on today is about the very serious nature of the struggles we face as a country, very serious nature of the struggles. And this one article I included uh, in our links for today, if you're a first time listener or you don't know this, every story I talk about on America Can We Talk, I put a link to it on our website. Our website is americacanwetalk.org. And at that website on the homepage, under shows, drop-down list of links. Uh, I put this link up. The article is called is by one of my favorite writers, Sam Faddis, F-A-D-D-I-S, Sam Faddis, former phenomenal CIA operative for decades. I mean, major leader CIA operative. Um, and he's also, he's now a writer. He has a substack called AND, A-N-D, AND Substack. This article he wrote is called, If You Are Sleeping Well at Night, You Shouldn't Be. And what he basically is saying, and the reason I want to kick off the show today talking about this is because I'll be talking about some of the, um, you know, the issues that Americans are going to have to face in the next election cycle and be talking about who it is exactly uh, who's going to be in charge uh, of our country um, going forth now and after the 2024 election cycle. It matters what they think about America and what they think about preserving America. But in his article, uh, if you're sleeping, you shouldn't, uh, well, you shouldn't be. You know, he's talking first about all of these unidentified objects being shot down and how, you know, these are happening over Canada, over America, uh, over Latin America, and then how, you know, China tried to claim, oh, yeah, there was, we had one of your American uh, unidentified objects over our country, and, and I don't know whether that's true or not. But the point is, 
we live in a time where we are aware, at least that very first one we know, was a Chinese spy balloon. And it went over all of the U.S. American military facilities, gathering information, not putting it in its memory or its files and then waiting to fly it back to uh, China and for have them to look at it, but being the information being gathered, being instantaneously transmitted back to China. He talked about that, and he really ties into the point that I've been trying to make, and I want to just remind you um, about this again. You know, part of what America, every serious informed American is concerned about is what are China's intentions over the next um, you know, year, couple years, decade, century. China has told us they have told us they intend to be the world's single superpower. That a really, truly famous book written by the two Chinese generals in the late 1990s, I think it was 1998, where they just talk about, they openly talk about, here is how we're going to take down America. These are senior military officials in the CCP talking about how they're going to take down America and, and put it out there. I mean, and it was obviously not bombs and bullets, but it is the taking down of America piece by piece by piece. Um, that was, book was called Unrestricted Warfare, Unrestricted Warfare. So back to this column that uh, my friend Sam Faddis wrote, he talks about the fact that number one, here we sit in 2023 with China very overtly sending some things over to America, including this spy balloon and the other, other uh, spy balloons seem to also be associated with them. We have the person, he who occupies the Oval Office, and he is an occupier, not an elected official. My language, not Sam Faddis. He is an occupier of that office, not duly elected in 2020 elections, but he is utterly, thoroughly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party. This is not speculation. This is fact when you read the Hunter Biden laptop, when you read the, the emails on the Hunter Biden laptop, when you pay attention to the information widely available, his son, Hunter Biden, utterly compromised, sending millions back to the Biden family, and that is who sits. So he is, he is a, in the words of Sam Faddis, he who occupies the White House, Joe Biden, is a controlled asset of the Chinese Communist Party. That's who runs this country as we are looking at what China is doing to America. Uh, in between his uh, service, uh, Joe Biden's service as vice president, um, under President Obama, and then four years out while Trump was in and then back in now as president, he established that Penn Biden Center, which is basically a, an arm, it's a mouthpiece for the Chinese Communist Party, putting out their views, their perspective on everything, utterly unfriendly to the interests of America. And that's what the Penn Biden Center was. And that is where these classified documents that he, Joe Biden, unlawfully removed from the White House, that's where those documents were found, among other places. His national security team, Joe Biden's national security team, is similarly compromised. Every key player has been intimately involved with senior CCP officials. Many have had contact with Chinese intelligence. This is who he who occupies the White House and is compromised by the Chinese chooses to have as his top officials surrounding him. That's who he chooses. And so, and if you look at the decisions he's made as the, the alleged leader of America, decisions have not been in the American people's best interest. They've been in the interest of the globalists, the socialists, the Chinese communists, and to the detriment of America, including as one example, the uh, disastrous withdrawal of American troops from Afghanistan, uh, literally resulting in now we have Chinese personnel on the ground at Bagram. What could go wrong? He who occupies the White House has also drained our strategic oil reserves, intended to be there in case of 
you know, impending war, in case of impending massive shortage. He's drained it. Much of it sent to our enemies, sent to people, sent abroad, not used in America because our oil prices got so high for a while and are still really high. It'll take us years to replace that oil reserve, the oil reserves. And so you have China aggressively pointing out they're going to take out Taiwan. They're saying they're going to. They know it. In fact, they had a joint military statement saying, yeah, we're about to take out Taiwan and everyone will be happy. Um, they've got Taiwan revealing China's military balloons flying very frequently into their airspace. And it goes on and on. So I get to the place where I want to say, um, about, one more thing I learned uh, in Sam Faddis' column from, uh, I don't know if it's today or yesterday, but he's talking about how U.S. military vessels, U.S. military vessels out on the high seas, which normally are able to go into ports to refuel, they are being denied access to our military vessels, our, our military, uh, you know, uh, on the ocean vessels are being blocked from making port calls at a number of key islands Local authorities there under Chinese pressure are refusing to allow U.S. ships to dock, even when critically low on fuel. U.S. allies are also being turned away. We are watching the lead up to war. This is what Gordon Chang has been saying, massively inconsequential Chinese expert. Others are saying we're watching the lead up to war. China wants to take America down and he who occupies the White House is not at all clearly on America's side. Very compromised by the, the um, by, by the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, yeah, in fact, there's a new Chinese military video vowing to reunite China, reunite China and Taiwan to bring uh, the democracy in Taipei under Communist Beijing's rule. I mention all this to say that when we're watching America's condition, America's situation in the world today, it's perilous. It's perilous. And we don't have yet sufficient bravery out of many elected officials, um, certainly not the Democrats, but even the Republicans, don't have the clarity, the certainty, the, the, the firm resolve to say, we, America, we're not going to tolerate this rise in Chinese dominion of the world, uh, rise in their dominion of controlling ports where our military vessels need to dock in order to refuel. We're not going to allow this content to continue. They have no backing, were they to say that, from their own government, from, uh, from President, um, I hate to call him President Biden, he who occupies the White House, Biden. So America stands in a perilous situation. And I'm telling you this because I want to do today, I want to talk about the march of the globalist Marxist communists that is just expanding, partly at the behest with the, uh, of the Biden administration, but the march of that effort, the globalist Marxist communist you know, movement in this world and the place of America as the country that's supposed to be the country that stands up and speaks up for freedom in the world, speaks up and stands for free people, freedom, free markets, all about freedom. That is the big battle in the world today. We used to say when uh, Russia was the big dominant communist power, you know, you had America and all the Western allies were the free world, you had the communists and the free world. And we are still supposed to represent, we Americans, the free world. But we're in a very perilous position because of not just the White House occupier, but the team around him who has chosen, who are more affiliated and supportive to whatever it is he wants them to do than to the cause of defending uh, American, defending liberty. So um, I'm going to close out the first five by saying this. I think the things we're talking about today 
they're as important as any other issues imaginable facing America. They're extremely consequential. And citizens in this country still have, at least so far, we still have the vehicle, we have the capacity to control our future, to protect our future, so long as we decide to exert it, as long as we decide to exercise it, and so long as we are able to have our eyes open and see the danger that America faces. We have the control if we are to ever again have free and fair elections, which is another big if, but we have the power to steer the course of America's future if we insist on doing so, if we call out leftism for what it is, we call out the Marxism has taken over, the Democrat party is un-American, unacceptable, and we call out the idea to stand up and speak up for America, the unique, the extraordinary, and the great. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. So now I wanna talk about today that I call the globalist march on. You know, we've talked about the, um, you know, the rise of World Economic Forum and, and that many, many people, even from America's high leadership ranks, in, in not, just, not just in the military, but I mean, in the government of America and, in, and leaders of industry, uh, financial institutions, banks, all the big, big players in America's, you know, kind of the power brokers in America and around the world love to be invited to the World Economic Forum and sit around and think they're the smartest people and they're going to you know, lay out the path for the world's future. They're going to dictate the path. They're going to tell us what we're going to do. And the World Economic Forum meeting recently, there were just scores of clips. I played quite a few of them on my show to tell you how they think of themselves. They intend to be, to substitute for the sovereignty of America and other nations, the idea of a globalist government, which they say is just far more kind and gentle. It's far more, you know, reflective of the needs of every person. John Kerry's over there blathering away about climate change as he flies around in his enormously, uh, you know, if, you, if you're really down on fossil fuels, you would never take a ride on one of his, do one of his private jet rides. He jets around the world, you know, burning fossil fuels and telling everybody else to live in hovels. The guy is just a hypocrite to beat the band. But back to World Economic Forum, they're sitting there contemplating how to control the world and letting the world know, yeah, we see the future of, here's what happens with vaccines, here's what happens with trade policy, here's what happens with immigration, here's what happens with COVID policy. They cover all policies not from the perspective of saying, let's stand up for the sovereignty of individual nations, but with the idea they'll replace the sovereignty of individual nations with the idea of World Economic Forum. So on the move in that way, I want to tell you a couple of kind of amazing things that uh, developments that occurred. Um, one was uh, that the, e, the uh, European Union uh, is just uh, beside themselves over the country of Hungary. Uh, the country of Hungary uh, had a recent election and re in April of 2022. Um, and uh, so, and the prime minister there, Hungarian prime minister, Viktor Orban, O-R-B-A-N, uh, was, you know, reelected by a landslide. The people love him, overwhelmingly reelected, you know, the people love him. And he's a guy who says, we're not doing, so he's, you know, he's in the, in Europe and he's not going along with the European Union plan, which is basically advancing uh, massive immigration, uh, immigration into the countries, allowing endless immigration, which has really endangered the uh, citizens of many countries in Western Europe. He's not doing the whole open immigration thing. He's not doing the LGBTQ rights. He's not doing the deference to EU bureaucrats. He's standing up for Christianity, the Christian faith, and the sovereignty and uniqueness of his country, Hungary. He makes the European Union 
nuts. They get so angry. This guy is like speaking about crazy ideas like freedom and believing in the rights of his people to live in freedom and to live under their form of governance. And so the EU has been, you know, completely livid with them, with him. Uh, and they put out a statement blasting him. Uh, in fact, he's also, uh, he, Orban, the Hungarian prime minister, um, Orban has singled out Zelensky um, of, of Ukraine as part of the problem. He's talked about, uh, you know, how all the world is getting behind uh, him, Zelensky, um, and he's, um, He's basically saying, anyway, I won't read the whole long quote, but he's basically saying, what, why are we doing this? What, why is the whole world backing the Ukraine, given how astonishingly corrupt the Ukrainian government and administration is? So he has gotten really sideways with the EU and the U.S. bureaucrats. So, you know, in response, or maybe not in response, but in conjunction with the way that the uh, Biden and oh, Obama and Biden team functioned, which is all of this kind of, you know, um, undermine the color revolution, you know, bringing about revolutions in countries to make them more amenable to the globalist Marxist mission. Uh, Samantha Power is over there. Samantha Power is over in Hungary. Um, she is a USAID administrator, it's an NGO type person. Uh, she's over in um, Hungary. And I want, I have a little clip to play what Samantha Power had to say over there. Um, she's a, a completely uh, radical left-wing Obama Biden administration, advanced operative. Um, she uses, you know, she uses her position in the U.S. government to kind of influence activism in targeted countries. Well, she's over in Hungary. She's targeting Hungary. She is going to try to stir up the citizens. This is my speculation. I do not know this. My opinion. She's going to try to stir up the citizens of Hungary to revolt against their very popularly and not even in an office a year yet, I mean, since the most recent election, uh, Orban. And so, but she has a clip and I'm listen to the way she talks. So we'll, we'll play her clip and then talk about how she talks. Let's play Samantha Power. Uh, Emilio, my wonderful producer, let's please play Samantha Power in Hungary. As USAID administrator, I have the chance to travel all around the world to engage with people who are working every day to strengthen democratic institutions, to build independent media, and to promote and protect human rights. I'm here in Hungary, one of the countries in Central Europe where USAID has recently relaunched programming to tackle just these challenges. I'm gonna spend the next couple days engaging with Hungarians about their vision for a brighter future. Okay, so she she sees a brighter future as freeing the Hungarian people from the policies and the ideas that their very popular and recently reelected leader is putting in place. And I wanted to play that clip in part because I want to I'm going to make this point later in the show too about you know to use the uh, Obama you know expression of words have meaning or you know uh, but you have to really understand how consequential the words are that she chooses to use. Because anybody listening to her say those words, you would think, well, gee, that's so nice. America's sending over some USAID person and, you know, they're going to talk about, you know, uh, you know, belief in uh, dem democracy, democratic institutions. And let me come back to that one, the democratic institutions, um, belief in independent media, um, which we'll get to that one. And the last one, she talks about human rights. Understand, when an absolute communist 
like Samantha Power is in Hungary talking about, you know, for example, talking about her idea of um, democratic institutions. This is a, um, a kind of a should be like a red bell or should, I mean, a, a bell go off or, a, a, you know, a question mark come up in your mind. When you hear leftists talk about Democrat, they keep saying democracy. Every All the leftists in America keep talking about democracy and supporting democracy. And America is not a democracy. The American idea, we are, we have democratically elected officials in a constitutional republic, both relevant. Constitutional means whatever the laws are that this any elected entity in America should try to pass, must pass muster under our constitution. And the constitution spells out rights. The Bill of Rights, as you well know, in the constitution, the right of freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, you know, freedom of religion, all the things that are just woven into the DNA of America, it's about freedom. And the constitutional um, republic idea is that, yes, we have democracy, we have democratic elections, but what we stand for is bigger than just the will of the people. It's bigger than the tyranny of the majority. We stand for freedom, and that woven into our constitutional republic is the idea that any laws passed, uh, policies passed by left by anyone that are inconsistent with the Constitution, they don't, they're, they're not, they don't hold the weight of law. So the left in this country has taken to using, we support democracy, we're standing up for democracy. Well, what she's t getting at is in the same way in America, democracy is not the same thing as supporting a constitutional republic. Neither is it over there. She's trying to stir people up, again, to stir a, up groups of people who don't like his policies and, and, and try to get them into either orchestrating an overthrow of his policies or, or, or more likely just agitating for political, um, creating a, a political groups, political organizations, um, maybe out of a new political party, but political organizations, policy organizations to stir up and, and divide the country, get people rattled about what they think they should, the rights they think they should have, and they're mad at some other group. This is how leftists work. They think they're entitled to control other countries. They think they're entitled to send in their ideology and they, they do it. They stir up agitation among citizenry to bring about a change in the governance which is what the people just chose as of April last year. So she's over there pushing the entire left-wing globalist agenda. She uh, talked about uh, democratic institutions, um, build independent media. Heaven knows what that means, but um, you have to guess it means something along the lines of, you know, that the left wing uh, of the country will be able to define what they believe in and other uh, entities um, that conservative voices will be drowned out because that's always what um, always what leftists want. And then the other one, she talks about human rights, which of course is a massive push of the LGBTQ agenda, which the uh, president, the prime minister rather of Hungary, Orban has said, you know, we're not doing LGBTQ rights. In fact, I'm pretty sure Hungary is one of the countries they said, and we're not having a massive Islamic immigration to this country. When other countries in Europe were absorbing the uh, Islamic um, exodus out of some of the war-torn areas, um, or maybe just people using immigration, using the war-torn excuse to enter countries. And now we have a massive problem with a, a very um, belligerent, confrontational, and demanding Islamic population uh, in England and in France. And the Turkish prime, I mean, excuse me, the uh, Hungarian prime minister just said, not having it here. And so this is someone who is 
not at all, Samantha Power, not at all trying to respect the will of the people, not at all trying to respect the government of Hungary, but instead on a march to stir them up as leftists think they're entitled to do, to turn them away, to turn the people away uh, from the government they elected and, and, and embrace of radical leftist ideas. Um, on a similar notion of someone who's endlessly stirring things up, and I'm telling you all this thing, I'm going to get around today in the second half of the show um, talking about what the um, upcoming presidential elections in our country. And yes, I know upcoming sounds like maybe a little premature, but it's not at all. It's not at all. We're in February 2023. Uh, we're going to have an election again uh, next year. We're going to have an election for a president, you know, next year in 2024. So, you know, and the, the alliances are starting to be made in America and the funding is starting to flow and the media is starting to manipulate the narrative and manipulate what people are supposed to think and manipulate who you get behind. So it's, it's really not a far off thing to be talking about. And one person who endlessly manipulates America is George Soros. And I want to just tell you two things about George Soros that is, um, I discovered because he's part of the, you know, he's, um, he, he is not a, um, he, he's not an American citizen. He's a, um, I mean, I think he lives here most of the time. I don't think he has U.S. citizenship, but he's, a, um, he originally, his quick history in his life was, um, he aided and abetted, he's Hungarian by background, he aided and abetted the Nazis. He's Jewish himself, aided and abetted the Nazis in identifying other Jews to be rounded up, stuck on trains, you know, shipped away to concentration camps, to the, to the death camps. That's his background. But in any case, uh, he is among the world's wealthiest people. And George Soros and his Open Societies Foundation, essentially what they stand for, to cut to the chase, the George Soros Open Society Foundation, it stands for the, destru the destruction of America. He hates the idea of America, the idea of freedom and free markets. He's a communist. He is profoundly and deeply anti-Christian. He said in a lengthy interview at one point that religion was really the whole problem in the world, that it causes so much war, so just get rid of religion. He especially he hates America because it's founded on the Judeo-Christian values. And that's what we, our country was founded on, where the ideas of America come from. So he hates America, he hates freedom, he hates free markets. Uh, he loves communism, he hates Christianity, and he is part of, and we talk about this show many times, but he's part of the effort of the American left in this country, or the anti-American left in this country, to get money behind political campaigns, to put people in office who will aid and abet the destruction of America. So he gets, for example, he gets behind people who are running for district attorney. So in the, we have one here in Dallas County, backed by him. So you get these district attorneys in office, and they will not enforce the law. They enforce instead a socialistic, um, you know, kind of sympathy for the perpetrator and no sympathy for the victim. Uh, and this is happening all around the country. The many cases you hear about where you hear district attorneys are, you know, going for these new policies of allowing violent criminals to go in after arrest and they get released on their own recognizance or released on a very small bond. And then they go out and kill somebody else and commit another crime. All these things you're seeing I want to make this point really clearly. These are not isolated, poor decisions by people inhabiting the office, the role of district attorney. This is a concerted, ongoing destruction of America agenda. This is what George Soros is doing. He gets behind left-wing candidates who will support chaos in this country, who will allow civil society to dissolve, as it is in the areas when you have district attorneys who won their election 
uh, with a large part because of money from George Soros, they will not enforce their criminal laws. They sympathize with the criminals and they don't care about the victims. And you have that occurring around the country, even to the point, finally, in San Francisco, the Soros-backed district attorney, even in you know, loopy left-wing San Francisco, they finally, they actually, um, they had a recall and took him out of office because the city is descending into chaos. So I'm getting to a point about George Soros, and the reason I'm telling you all this really matters. George Soros' agenda is not fairness, it is not justice, it is not, it is not um, equal opportunity for all, it is not building bridges of understanding, it is to create chaos in the Western world, to bring down the Western world. He doesn't believe in the freedoms of America, he doesn't believe in the idea of America, he doesn't believe in the, the Judeo-Christian ideas that founded our country. So, now that we get that straight, Two things about George Soros, and I can't believe I missed um, this first story, um, but my fr- I, I told you I was at a conference over the weekend, and I saw a friend of mine who's a uber, uber great researcher. I mean, she digs in and she pulls out data and she assembles it and organizes it. She was the one, maybe with others too, but one of the key ones who pulled together and dug and dug and dug and dug to get information out to prove what I'm now going to tell you, which is these fact checkers you're always seeing all these not maybe all but the vast majority of fact checkers in all sorts of arenas in american um you know our american uh news media you see online you'll see something jumps in you post a story or you post a link to something uh oh but our fact checkers say this is not accurate this is not true fact checkers of all ilks all backgrounds in america funded by george soros for the same reason the same reason that he funds district attorneys who won't prosecute criminals to bring about chaos and the destruction of America. I'm gonna quickly jump in and interrupt, my, interrupt myself to say, if you're listening on radio, on Brady and Radio, thank you so much for listening. Uh, do not go away. You're about to have a three minute break at the bottom of your hour. I'll be right here talking again. Debbie Georgiatis, America Can We Talk, americacanwetalk.org. Come back in three minutes. Okay, another thing on George Soros I'm gonna quickly tell you is, so he's funding the fact checkers. So he's funding the people who are essentially lying to the American people because all sorts of stories which are true are fact-checked and and you're told they're false. So from the vaccines are safe. So if you said the vaccines aren't safe, you get fact-checked and you get criticized. If you say, you know, ivermectin was very effective in helping people at early stages of COVID, get fact-checked, you get removed, you get punished. And he's not only... The fact-checking doesn't only cause the average American citizen to wonder, well, I read this, but then the fact-checker said it wasn't true. It causes people to silence themselves. They don't want to have a fact-check, you know, three fact-checks, you're done, you're out. They don't want that to happen to them. So they don't put things out that are true because they know the fact-checkers will say they're not true and they'll get punished. They're really, the fact-checking function has become a censoring function. It is used to censor speech in this country. So that, he's the fact-checker. And the other big thing about him, I was talking about the European Union and how much they hate the Hungarian prime minister because he's, he's standing up for essentially the same Western values. He, the Hungarian prime minister, Orbán, He stands out for the same Western values that used to define the Western world. 
defined, in Western, defined Western Europe, defined France and Italy and Germany, all these Western countries that used to be rooted in Western ideas, Western civilization ideas of freedom, the right to freedom, the right to live in freedom, the right to have elected representative government, the right to own property, the right to speak freely, all those Western ideas used to be Western civilization all have been slowly chipped away at and filtered and diminished and reduced and watered down till you have the now what is largely the Marxist left running the EU, the ideas of Marxism running the EU, uh, European Union, and they just decided to give $3.5 million. The European Union just voted to give $3.5 million to George Soros Open Society Foundation to support his campaign efforts. Do you get this? We're fighting in America to have truth come out, to have district attorneys exposed who are causing crime in the areas where they're supposed to be functioning to protect against crime, protect citizens against crime. They're causing crime by their indulgence in all of these Radical left, let violent criminals go. Don't worry about it. Let them go in their own recognizance. Let them go the small amount of bail. And, and, and everything else George Soros is funding, the open border effort, vastly funded by George Soros. So the EU that used to be our, one of our allies, like our ally in the world, because they were kind of Western civilization thinkers, funding George Soros and down on, down on the Hungarian uh, Prime Minister Orban, who pretty much so far has said, I don't care what you're doing, but understand it's not a minor thing that Joe Biden is sending sent Samantha Power over um, to stir up things in Hungary, to stir up trouble, trouble, to bring about, as they say, another color revolution, they're going to call it. So you got to, and I'm getting at the point in America for our elections, which we're now going to turn to and talk about our elections. Um, you know, we're getting to the point that you have to really be thinking about who is going in this time of massively consequential challenges to the whole concept, the whole construct of Western civilization rooted in freedom, rooted in the idea of the individual having rights from God because you were born, as our declaration says, rights from God because you were born to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, and all the other rights spelled out in the Constitution. That's what America is. And the European Union, our alleged allies over there, have been so overtaken by Marxist ideology, by leftism, by communism, that they are helping George Soros in his efforts and campaigns to undermine much of Western civilization, to continue his quest. And you know something else? George Soros is a billionaire, B as in bad boy, millionaire, billionaire, many times over. He doesn't need the EU's 3.5 million. They didn't give it to him because he needs it. They gave it to him because number one, they're sending a signal to America. Do not think we're on your side anymore. Do not think we're on the side of freedom, Western civilization. We're not on the side of those ideas. It's a symbolic donation. It's also probably a little bit of protection money. You know, look, we gave you money, so don't come attack any of us in the EU. After all, we gave you money to run your campaigns, but leave us alone. And Charlie Possible, all of those motives played into their decision to uh, send over $3.5 million to uh, George Soros. Okay, so my next topic today, Hip, uh, I called Trump versus DeSantis uh, grooming the next president. And I wanted to say something. So over the weekend, I mentioned that I was at this great conference. I mean, it was really, I was very small, very um, private. 
and uh, fabulous speakers. Uh, so the scheduled speaker on Saturday night was a complete home run, Miranda Devine. Uh, she's a writer. She wrote the book Laptop from Hell about Hunter Biden's laptop. She's just a tenacious reporter. And she spoke and she was lovely and brilliant and and she was brilliant. But as it happened, you know, we're in Florida for this conference and um, it turned out that uh, Governor DeSantis decided to make a surprise. I mean, I think maybe the leaders of this group, you know, I kind of heard earlier in the day, you know, DeSantis might come, who knows, but he did. So Governor DeSantis made kind of a surprise uh, showing at this small gathering and uh, gave a speech for, I don't know, solid 20 minutes. Um, and, you know, the room was on their feet. He was talking about all the things everyone loves about him. You know, he stood up to CRT. We're not having, we're not teaching kids in Florida to hate their, each other because of their skin color, to judge because of skin color, uh, to hate America, which is summarized as critical race theory. It's all about hating America and dividing America by race. Good job. He spoke also about the uh, transgender agenda and how he really how he took that out of the public schools and stood up really strongly about that. Uh, talked a lot about Disney and his efforts there. At the Disney thing, they have a special uh, stature in Florida law um, and protected them in large part. So he uh, the law got changed. So essentially, the board that oversees the whole Disney uh, Disney still has all the tax protections, all of the exclusions and taxes, all that kind of stuff. But the board is now made up of a majority of people appointed by Governor DeSantis. So it was at least a partial victory over Disney. Plus, he, you know, he really caused uh, America to see what Disney is all about. And that was great. He ran through a bunch of his uh, of other of his accomplishments. And, you know, and the guy was just uh, upbeat and happy and strong. Uh, he just did a great job. So he finished speaking. And then, you know, Miranda Devine comes up. She does a little more of her talking. And then President Trump called in because he's also in Florida. He hears just so then President Trump called him. He gave a very short just on the phone. I mean, the phone literally phone being held to the microphone to this gathered dinner group at dinner could hear him. He, and he was as you know, he's Trump esque to beat the band. He's fabulous. He's, you know, uh, all rah rah America. So I want to lay the, the table. I'm going to talk about DeSantis and Trump in just a minute. But before I do, I want to tell you about something you may or may not have heard about. But I think it's really important to understand how th how um, the really wealthy in this country, and I don't mean just individuals who happen to be wealthy, but I mean the corporate interests, the banking interests, the, you know, just the very, the financial institutions, the uber, uber wealthy, how they think about elections in America. And I am not faulting them. I'm going to say that one time, these people I'm about to talk about who are, they're essentially holding a uh, beauty contest, a, a runway contest uh, with uh, the major players on the GOP side who are considering running for president in 2024. There's going to be a meeting coming up in Texas. Uh, it was found, it was created essentially by uh, Club for Growth. Uh, but, and I, I've heard and read that Carl Rove is also behind it, but I, I didn't see his name in the more recent article. So I'm not sure Carl Rove is involved or not, but I think so. In any case, Club for Growth is essentially calling together major, major, major league donors in this country, uh, just the uber wealthy that are going that are that are political donors who are the consistent donors to campaigns. So they're holding a meeting and they've invited to this meeting Nikki Haley, uh, former U.S. ambassador, former governor, uh, U.N. ambassador, former governor, uh, Tim Scott, uh, senator, Mike Pence. Uh, you better know who he is, uh, Glenn Yonkin, uh, Virginia governor, uh, and Mike Pompeo. Uh, and then the other thing, this group just uh, extended an invitation also to DeSantis. And it's not yet clear if DeSantis is going to show up or not. 
But the point of some of the articles covering this is, on the one hand, uh, this group that is assembled that will give you know millions and millions of dollars to either the campaigns directly or the RNC or to the Senate Consortium Fund, whatever the way they donate their money, all sorts of other ways. You know, they can construct 501c3s and c4s. They can construct you know special uh, you know super PAC committees. Many ways they can get money into the system, and so these people being given the opportunity um, to listen to both listen to these candidates, these people who have expressed strong interest in running for president in 2024 on the Republican side, and to ask questions, and so they can listen to their pitch and ask questions. So the meeting is happening, um, and as I say, I don't really fault the people who would go to the meeting because. Uh, I, I mean, the candidates or the wealthy, because the wealthy are going to give a lot of money and they don't have to do that. And the candidates need to have exposure to the people who have the money. So it's not really, you know, a bad thing. The meeting is happening, in my view. But it is a signal to how the Club for Growth, which puts together all sorts of packages of money. I mean, I get their solicitations in the paper mail and email all the time. You know, we have a great candidate for, you know, U.S. House, U.S. Senate, this state, that state. They get behind people and they encourage donors to get behind candidates. And so, you know, they want to they want to have a really strong candidate. They want, of course, Clever Growth is conservative. They want to have a Republican in the White House uh, by the end of the 2024 elections. And so they're serious about this effort to figure out who it should be. So they have all these people coming. They have these moneyed interests coming to hear what they have to say. So on the plus side, you know, I mean, I will say, I think it's very fair to say, Republicans have a deeper bench by a landslide than the Democrats have. I mean, the Democrats have, you know, Joe Biden, who doesn't even know what day it is and is, you know, addled and still thinks he's going to run. And I don't know what they're going to do about that. You know, Nick, uh, And then they have, you know, the uh, Kamala Harris, who's, uh, wildly unpopular. In fact, I think she's more unpopular than Biden, which is hard to do, but I think she is. Um, and, you know, they, they, they really have a, a relatively shallow bench. Now, it only takes one person to run, but, you know, we have we have a cast of characters here, and many of them, oh, oh, by the way, and Christian Noam is coming to this one, too. I forgot to, tomorrow. But in summary, what I was saying was, in this big meeting that's happening in Texas, uh, I think it's this week with all the people on the Republican side who are saying they're going to run or they're considering running for president as kind of a beauty pageant. You know, they show up and give answers to these wealthy donors and the wealthy donors can ask questions. You know, they, they are talking about the challenges facing America. What I think voters on the conservative side should look at is who is going to lead and be strong on border enforcement, national defense, you know, China and rebuilding the military, which uh, has been decimated, uh, decimated once by Obama, Biden, and again by Biden and, and overtaken with, you know, the idiocy of pronoun battles um, and related topics. Uh, COVID tyranny, who's going to stand up for freedom and healthcare freedom? Um, and then also uh, election fraud. Those are the issues. And I, those are the issues. If I got to be at that meeting, I want to know where do you stand and what are you going to do? And, and, and you'd like to know you can believe them. But as to um, as to the two kind of likely top choices, you, you know Trump more or less. I'll get to him in a second. But on DeSantis, he, he has done many great things. I want to play a quick clip for you. And actually, Emilio, can we play a clip? Are we, are we there? You. Okay. Also okay. joining us here today is Libby Locke. She's a partner at Claire Locke LLP and uh, is a 
extraordinaire when it comes to First Amendment defamation. So, Libby. Thank you, Governor, for having me. And Okay, I want to tell you why that matters. This woman, Libby Lake, uh, who DeSantis is praising, now he's at a meeting where he could just sit there and say nothing about her. He could just say, hey, welcome to the meeting, blah, blah, blah. He picked on, in this meeting of lawyers, to call out Libby Locke, who is a lawyer who represents Dominion voting machines in their lawsuits against people who've exposed the uh, fraud potential, the potential for Dominion voting machines to uh, enable, engage in, uh, cover up election fraud. So the lawsuit against uh, Sidney Powell, uh, many others that are friends of mine, um, she's representing Dominion. So you got to connect those dots. This is DeSantis sitting in a meeting, didn't have to say anything about her, and introducing her praises her for her work, and she defends, she represents Dominion suing Sidney Powell and other serious conservatives who've been trying to call out the problem with Dominion voting machines. And that's who he called out as his, as the person and how he praised her. I think this is significant. I think people in his position of power don't do things like that lightly. They don't say, um, you know, um, you know, they don't just randomly sit there. I mean, except Joe Biden, because he can't remember what he's supposed to talk about. But I mean, people like DeSantis, who is smart as a whip, accomplished as a whip, you know, just a really smart guy. He chose to call her out. And many people, myself included, are concerned. It's a signal that he is saying, I'm not going to go to bat on election fraud. I'm not going to do it. I'm praising the person who is representing Dominion against the people who are trying to expose election fraud. It is truly staggering that he would do that. And I, I think you can't ignore that. So that was one kind of mark against DeSantis. I'm very, very concerned about that. I don't know why uh, he would have chosen to do that. Um, I also mentioned on DeSantis, you know, he's a um, he's not as wealthy. I mean, no one's as wealthy as Trump who runs for president. But he's not wealthy. He needs wealthy backers. And he has wealthy backers. And among the people the, of the most wealthy of his backers uh, is one who actually formed the PAC um, that is um, pushing, uh, it is really getting behind. I can't remember the name of the PAC. Run, 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 run is not it. But it's something like that. It's Ken Griffin's his name. And he said in an interview, this guy who's funding the PAC to get DeSantis to run is wanting DeSantis as president to steer the party back away from populism. He does not like the whole Trump populism, get the people involved, get the people, you know, being part of uh, what we're, um, you know, part of the process, part of America. He wants to get rid of the populism and he wants to get America more on track, more back on track with the financial institutions, the, the mega financial world, the, you know, the banking and financial world that's all tied up with the globalists. He, the backer of DeSantis, wants the party and DeSantis as the head of the party, as, as president, to steer America back that way, to steer the conservative side back that way. And there's a concern because... DeSantis doesn't have the funding that it, you know Trump has naturally because he has the wealth, so he needs money. And so he gets people behind him 
who are far more into the whole concern about, um, you know, far more about the idea of they kind of like all the global economics, they like all the global connections, all of the global financial institutions connecting and working together. Um, and there's, it's very antithetical to the idea of America first. So there's a concern about DeSantis. I'm saying those things about him, having said, he's my, I, I will tell you, I, I think in the in the serious running for president, certainly Trump, who's declared, uh, DeSantis, who appears to be getting ready to declare. In fact, oh, quick thing about him. So DeSantis right now, he can't declare yet because in the state of Florida, there's a state law that says he cannot continue to serve as governor if he serves, if he's running for president. He has to, you know, step down as governor to run for president. He's trying to get that law changed and it appears it's going to get changed in the Florida legislature. They're going to say, yeah, you know, he's a, um, you know, he can stay in his role as governor and also run for president. Now the legislature apparently is going to let him do that. They're going to give it to him. Maybe they won't. I don't know. But he's waiting for that. I actually, while that is a matter of state law and states can do whatever they want about that, um, and they really can, um, they can make any law they want about that. I can see the wisdom of saying, you know, the people, he was just very popularly reelected. He was. I mean, I mean, DeSantis won in 2022 very handily. And he even won Democrat districts. Well, many of the main points he made in the speech he gave over the weekend, he won Democrat districts. He won, he won the, uh, or he got a significant portion of the single women vote, which is very hard to do uh, for Republicans. So he's, you know, he has a good winning track record. But in any case, um, I can see a state wanting to say, we just elected you as governor and we need you to be a full-time governor. You should be paying attention to the state and the issues and the challenges and the legislature and whatever it is that is going on in your state. So I would think many states would have that law, and certainly Florida does. He, but he can't declare yet. But I, I you know, for many, many friends have been saying to me, um, I think um, that DeSantis is not going to run this time. He's not going to challenge Trump. He knows he's going to lose. I don't think so. My, my guess today is he's going to run. I think he. I think all the factors are in line. I think that every sentient American can see America can't wait to get rid of Biden. They want the Democrat Party out of power, they want the Democrats out of Washington. It's a great year for a Republican to run and win. And DeSantis' team can see that. He is, you know, a, a total hero among Republican governors, and he is. He does many things that the other Republican governors kind of me too afterwards. Oh yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. You know, but he's a leader. He has been a leader in policies in Florida. Um, and you know, he, he's on the rise popularly, um, and the country can't wait to get rid of the Democrats. So I, I think I, my, my guess say he's going to run, he's going to run. And, um, and it's going to be a battle for the ages between Trump and DeSantis. And I will say if it comes down to that in a primary, because I think those two will clear the, you know, they'll, they'll clear the field almost instantaneously, no matter who else runs, uh, you really have to ask yourself, who's really on the side of American sovereignty? Who's really on the side of American sovereignty? Who's really on the side for the American people um, on cleaning up election integrity? Because election integrity is, a, is to me, is the top issue in terms of ever preserving America, the, the, you know, the democratic republic, it's the top issue is getting elections clear and fair, and they aren't. We have massive election fraud problems. So is that kind of thing uh, that is really what is um, is, is needed for, um, you know, needed for whoever's going to serve as president starting in 2024. Um, so it's election integrity, COVID, national defense, and border. And I was in all those. I trust Trump. I will say, actually, on Trump, the one that I will give him a, you know, a, a negative mark on this one, Trump has not gotten his 
talking points and maybe he hasn't even gotten in his own thinking clear enough, he must stop pushing the vaccines. He must stop bragging about the vaccines. He must stop saying the vaccines have saved millions of lives because the vaccines are killing people. And, and, you know, everyone paying attention understands this. So you have, you know, that is a, that is a huge thing for Trump. He's got to find a way around that. He's got to find a way to say, you know, um, we had a big problem. We had a massive problem in America. We had COVID come along and I was present, you know, you know, we just, we had to do something and I was told to trust Anthony Fauci. So I did. Um, but, um, you know, we, we now, we have now seen how dangerous these vaccines are. He's got to find something to say. Okay, folks, you know, we're, we had a little bit of a glitch with our, uh, uh, power today. So uh, for those of you listening uh, on Brighton Radio, americacanbetalk.org, go there, see everything on the show that you missed. I'm going to have to drop my last topic for the day. I'll have to do it tomorrow about Project Veritas because I have so much to tell you about Project Veritas. But what I have to do right now, as I do at the close of every show, is tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started our show today. Uh, we were talking about uh, where America stands don't let Super Bowl ads and balloons distract you. World War III danger signals are flashing everywhere. Chinese balloon defiantly flew over the guts of America's ground-based nuclear arsenal. Subsequent balloons by the administration won't say not China, so speculation runs wild. Taiwan invasion preparation is ongoing. Biden family deeply compromised by the CCP. China on the ground with Taliban at Bagram Air Force Base in Afghanistan. What a travesty. U.S. Navy barred from docking in South China Sea locations, but many quality organizations and millions of Americans are fighting back on every level. Get engaged yourself. It will take every, excuse me, it will take every patriot to turn America around. And then we talked about uh, globalist march on Samantha Power and George Soros. Hungary's Viktor Orban, a Hungarian Trump, very popular with his people, and very opposed to the globalist agenda, including uncontrolled immigration. EU opposes Orban. It awarded $3.5 million to the Open Society Foundation to aid with elections. Samantha Power, former Obama aide, now with USAID, on the ground in Hungary, planting seeds to oppose Orban. That is my speculation. I believe it's what she's doing. Soros funding behind worldwide fact-checker organizations. Not checking facts, but relentlessly promoting an agenda of lies and deceit in support of global government, displacing and destroying U.S. sovereignty and superpower status. America is in a war for its survival versus globalism and atheism. Defeat is not an option, so get engaged. And on Trump versus DeSantis, grooming the next president. Uh, also, the Koch brothers are big into the whole um, presidential you know, runway show they're having along with the Club for Growth. Koch inviting everyone but Trump to the 2024 presidential candidate gathering. Club for Growth and many other GOP line groups are all in for globalism. Trump versus DeSantis is a relentless assumption and speculation. Either would be better by far than any Democrat. DeSantis has a terrific record as Florida governor, an energizing speaker and leader, but many of his donors are anti-populism, pro-globalism, and Ron DeSantis endorses defamation counsel Libby Locke, who represents Dominion voting machines against those questioning election results. Trump is MAGA and connects with the base far better than anyone else, but will not back off support of the vaccines. He's got to do it, friends. He's just got to do it. 
Trump is the only one who can and will fight the deep state. Will that be the deciding factor? And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. I want to make a plug for our Thursday show. This Thursday at 3 p.m. in studio, we're going to have a wonderful guest named Trevor Loudon. And he is a enormously, internationally famous um, communist uh, exposer. I mean, he digs out, he finds financial connections, he researches, he writes books, makes films all about exposing the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, and their infiltration of America and Western civilization, and about communist ideology invading American institutions, and including the church, and about communist plants, spies, people come to America under the guise of some innocent uh, reason to be here who are part of the Chinese effort to spy on and eventually take down America. His books are fabulous. His films are fabulous. You will love listening to Trevor Loudon on Thursday on America Can We Talk. I do America Can We Talk every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to speak truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Can we talk truth about America? Can you hear-